Welcome to the Double I Show Fantasy Island Fantasy Football Edition. We are back going divisional. What's up, guys? What up, King? Hey there, Islanders. That's what I'm talking about. Those are my boys, Sweet Tea and Bombo. We're here to break it down for you, man. We're just going to get started because we got so much content, guys. I'm going to go ahead and start. We're going to go through the division, each team, talk about relevant teams. And, guys, we think that, you know, might help you in your fantasy drafts and help you out in your fantasy teams this year. So I'm going to get started with the mighty Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know about you guys, but this team really did a lot in the offseason. I mean, I'm looking at their roster, and they have depth. They might not have, like, studs everywhere or studs yet. But I'll tell you one position I think they got a stud, guys, is the quarterback. I, I really think they hit a home run with Trevor Lawrence. That guy is a physical specimen. I don't like the pants he wears and the get-ups he wears, you know, those little pants that go to your calf or whatever like he did at the draft. Yeah, I'm not into those, but I mean, this guy is, he's good. And now he's got a coach. He doesn't have an idiot back there putting a, who knows what Urban Meyer did to him. You know what I mean? But hopefully it wasn't too bad. And now you got a, a real coach out there who had some success in Philly. You know, he started his career as the OC in Kansas City. You know, so he has a track record and hopefully he can bring him up a little bit. But I expect Trevor Lawrence to take a pretty big jump this year. Because I think he's accurate. I think he can make all the throws. I think you make the, the deep ball. I think you can throw the ball with touch. I don't. I think he's big enough where he can take hits, and he's mobile. People don't give him credit enough for being as mobile as he is. You know, so I, I'm really high on Trevor Lawrence. And to be honest with you guys, if I get stuck in, like I said, and I said this, you know, in the last couple of episodes, guys, if if I had my eyes closed and I just start was enamored with all the guys that were left. And all of a sudden I look up and there's no quarterbacks left. I don't got a problem taking a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Because I still think their defense is a couple years away, maybe a year away. So they're going to be having to chase some points. I think I'm going to have to be going after some teams. I don't know how many leads they're going to have to just run the ball out. You know, I think they're going to want to score. And I think that's how that team's going to get their wins is they're just going to have to outscore some teams. So I, I think Trevor Lawrence is a, a solid pick there. But now you start going to the rest of the team. I'm going to go to the guys he's throwing to. You know, obviously you got guys over there that are big names that they brought in. Christian Kirk. They paid this guy the house. Real easy, guys. Follow the money. He's going to be a big part of the offense. They're going to give him every opportunity. Even though he's small and he does have speed, he really doesn't take the top off the defense. He works the middle of the field really well. He's going to be their guy. They also got Zay Jones which I think is very intriguing. Zay Jones is a very good receiver and actually was a number one receiver after the Henry Ruggs mess in, in Oakland last year. And, and he did well. They made the playoffs. So you got both those guys now. You throw you know, in the mix there, Marvin Jones, very solid guy. He's still fantasy relevant at the back end of the draft. You know, he can be a consistent guy for you, plug and play one week. And you have LaVisca Chenault, last year's darling. I don't know when this guy's going to make his step, guys. And if he ever gets integrated and gets his head out of his ass and gets into this fucking thing, this guy's a beast. So I don't know. I, it's it's hard over there. You know, but obviously for me, I'd follow the money. I, I like Christian Kirk there a lot. And they're running backs. A little bit crazy, right? You had the kid last year got drafted high at the end out of Clemson who played with Trevor Lawrence. And he got that foot injury. We, you know, we were talking about it off air. The Liz Frank injury. And he seems really good coming back off it. He had a whole year to recover. He has that burst. I saw him play in the preseason, and he looks good. 
I just don't know what Doug Peterson, the new coach, is going to do. Doug Peterson very rarely gives a back over 200 carries. I, don't, I think he's only done it once in his career. So I think to me, that's the difficulty to figure out, not just if you want to take those guys, but where to take them if they're available, because the other guy is sort of hurt and he's banged up. And that's James Robinson. And James Robinson's a bruiser. And James Robinson's a very good running back. But you have a guy like Travis Etienne who you want to get on the field at all points because at any point he can take any carry, any pass to the house. And I don't think James Robinson can do that for you. So I think there's a role for James Robinson, but I just don't know how those roles are going to be split and it's going to be hard till we see it shake out. I think a lot of the stuff that we look at here is, okay, what's the upside potential? So in that backfield to me, the upside potential to me is Travis Hetian. I've already seen James Robinson and probably saw him hit his ceiling in his rookie year because they just fed him the ball. And he did really well. But he didn't live up to that last year. He got hurt towards the end of the year. And I think they're a little committed to a first rounder who they're and they're paying more money to. And they they really want to see what he's got. So I, I think it's gonna be intriguing in Jacksonville. I think they're going to get more wins. They'll take a step this year, and I think maybe next year they might be sniffing some playoff action. I don't know what you guys think, but that's my take on Jacksonville. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I didn't even talk about their tight end, guys. They got Evan Ingram, too. That's just going to help Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. You know, the other guys on the show are younger. You know, and sometimes I forget things. But they got Evan Ingram, too. I just think that the weapons that Trevor Lawrence has is going to make him pretty, pretty viable in fantasy this year. All right, guys, now you can jump my shit. Yeah, I agree. I think that the backfield in Jacksonville will shake out to be sort of what we ended up seeing out of Atlanta last year, where you have a a, a joystick-like guy in Etienne that you need to just get him the ball in open space, rather it be lining him up in the slot, bringing him out of the backfield. And you have a bruiser like Robinson that can, you know, eat up the clock and I think they're going to be in more favorable game situations going into this year because like you said there is more talent around them that Evan Ingram signing is a real sleeper right there I think the they were just it was time for a divorce from him in New York the New York media that team had enough with them and it was really getting to his head you could tell he was dropping a lot of open passes last year things of that nature I think a fresh start is what he needed Jacksonville's been waiting to uh you know, add a big body like that to give Trevor Lawrence more weapons. And yeah, you hit it right on the head with, with Lawrence. I personally see possibly the new Andrew Luck when it comes down to just overall talent and, you know, QB pedigree. And and I think the biggest reason for his jump is going to be the coaching change. I, I just think that Doug Peterson is one of those quarterback friendly coaches. You know, he creates a system that's going to make his quarterback thrive. So I don't know, guys, but, you know, it's it's a wait and see. And we always say that, you know, this is the next team and everything else. But, I mean, we'll really see this year if that's really going to be it, you know. So, all right, Bombo, you're up next. Who do you got? I have the Houston Texans. Don't get me wrong. I don't don't look at the Texans as a team that's going to be tanking. They didn't address the quarterback position, so they're running with Davis Mills. I don't think Davis Mills is draftable, so I'm not really going to spend too much time talking about him, but – it does show a lot as far as they didn't address, you know, bringing in a free agent. They didn't make a trade for a guy. So they're sticking with him. The running back position. So Lovey Smith is at the helm of this team. So that means run the ball, play defense, 
and run the ball some more. And they got some good backs in, in their backfield. They still have Rex Burkhead. They just signed Marlon Mack. But the kid, Damian Pierce, if you've been watching any of the preseason, he's got the legs. He's got the vision, runs hard, hits the hole hard. I think if given the opportunity, he can take over this backfield. The only thing that's going to be limiting him is the fact that it may just be a full-blown committee. It's going to be, you know, Mac hasn't done anything to lose the to, to lose carries to him. It's going to go with whoever's the hot hand. And Mac can get Mac can get hot too. If he resembles the 2019 version of himself, he can definitely put up some fantasy points. But if you're looking at a dynasty league, keep Damian Pierce on your radar. This kid has the goods. And I believe that they're they're set up for a good you know, back rotation, but it may not be good for your fantasy team. So just see, you know, fill out your draft, see where he goes, but always keep him on your radar. Brings us to our pass catchers. I know we're not too high on Davis Mills, but Brandon Cooks is QB proof. He's proved it. The guy just gets open, takes the top off the defense, runs great routes. He can take anything underneath to the house. He's been a top 20 wide receiver every year that he's played. He's going to, you know, his draft position is, is pretty much where it should be. But no matter what, every year he outdoes his draft position. People forget about this guy and all he does is produce. So, which brings us to our next guy, Nico Collins. He is the wide receiver, bona fide wide receiver two in this offense. And if we have been looking at preseason, you know, they're going to him. I personally don't think that the Texans will be in too many positions of high scoring games, but at the when there are, he's a big body for the end zone. He's he could be a security blanket underneath, you know, shielding off a defender just with underneath routes. And if he could just make the most out of those routes and those catches and do stuff after the catch, he's gonna be big. I think everybody on this offense right now is auditioning. And if he makes the most of his opportunities, he can make some noise. Good thing is, depending on the league that you're in, he's gonna be available in the late round. Hey, you might not even you might not even have to draft him. You might just get him for free, but He's definitely somebody that should be on a team. Not really too much that you can speak of at the tight end position. That's just how it is. They have Darren Fells. If he was going to be a thing, he would have already been a thing. This this offense is limited by, by the quarterback, but I like the direction that they're going, especially in the, the running game. I'm just not really sold on committees just right now, but I think that if anybody, if anyone has a chance to take off with it and be the, you know, the main fantasy guy in this team, it's Damian Pierce. Definitely love me some Damian Pierce, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm going to be like, I'm not on the train. I'm not on the Davis Mills hype train, but I mean, the more I keep seeing this guy and, and I'm just going to throw this out. I mean, he seems serviceable. He seems a Kirk Cousinish kind of ceiling guy, you know, and maybe that's all Houston's looking for. Right that's actually now. a great Houston's comparison. another organization. That's a mess. You know what I mean? So that's a great comparison. Though, you know, I, the Kirk Co- Cousins type I, thing. I, you're absolutely right mm-hmm. with that. You know, I I can see that out of him. And the kid really stepped up and he was a good quarterback at Stanford. He just had some injuries, you know, that took a while to heal. And it wasn't like they were repetitive injury. It was like one that just took a while to heal. Right. And he just didn't get his shot right there. Yeah. So, I mean, he showed a lot last year. And Brandon Cooks, like Bombo said, still got his numbers. So someone had to chuck the ball up. You know, I, I just think that. You know, just adding to what he said about Damian Pierce, I am 1 million percent on the Damian Pierce hype train. This kid is ridiculous. I haven't seen. And, and right, that's how I was last year, T, and you could tell Bombo is like, that's how I was with Javante Williams. But watching this kid run, he's got better vision than Javante to me. It, it's a little bit ridiculous, and I wish they wouldn't have fucking played him so much in the last game because I wanted him to be a secret. But now I'm going to have to take him earlier in drafts. But... I think there's going to be some surprise there. And I think Lovey Smith is a good coach. And I think that 
that running back committee is ready to be overtaken. I'll add, you know, Jonathan Taylor. I think once that kid gets the ball, they're just not going to be able to not give him the ball. But great take, Bombo. Everything I think was on point with their receivers. I like, you know, I like Collins there a little bit. You know, it's just, it's really going to be dependent on how Davis Mills plays. And I think there's skepticism there, obviously, you know, and rightfully so. So, all right, T, you're up. Who do you got? Well, I got the Colts, guys. This one's kind of a easy but not easy kind of situation over here to be able to break down, right? There's a lot of changes that happened in this team in the offseason, right? Obviously, Wentz went elsewhere. They kind of kicked him out of there, you know, um, went to the Texans. T.Y. is now unsigned. Zach Pascal flew to the Eagles. So there's a lot of subtractions on this team. There you go again, Doug. Uh, you, wait, hey, hey, hey. Why you got to start? I'm just saying he didn't fly to the Eagles. Fly, bro. Eagle, fly. Come on. There's a lot of subtractions that happen and not a lot of additions, to be honest with you, right? So now you got Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. I don't know how much ice is still running in those veins because he's kind of a noodle arm. At this point, right? I think he's this year's Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's not going to have that strong arm like he did at, at any point. So I'm really not high on him. I would only kind of take him as a backup or a backup to my backup or a guy that you're going to pick up just to kind of fill in a gap at, at one point. So to me, he's not very draftable right now. There's going to be a lot of handoffs to Jonathan Taylor, which leads me to that running back situation, right? Jonathan Taylor is the beast. He is the premier back of this league. If you're in a PPR league, he's going number one overall in most leagues. And there's a reason why the guy just runs hard. He runs fast. He just, you can't stop the guy, right? And because of that, he's he's going to be the focal point. He's still going to be the focal point because they're not going to ask Matt Ryan to do much. So I like me some Jonathan Taylor on that. Receivers, again, old guy T.Y. is gone. Michael Pittman, who's been kind of the top guy of that team for a while now. Michael Pittman, it's clear cut now. He's going to be the guy. So you're going to get your points out of him, but how how high do you really take him that's kind of hard for me to say because of who's throwing to him you know at least last year with Wentz Wentz has an arm you know he can make those throws but now with Ryan there I'm not so sure that he can make those types of throws anymore he struggled last year you know when he was with Atlanta yeah I I, I get it there was a different situation he didn't have that kind of O-line that the Colts have so you got to take that into consideration but at the same time I, I just don't see that happening too much. So Pittman to me is kind of like a later round type of guy, maybe your your third, fourth round type of, you know, dude. I would say, you know, Alec Pierce as kind of an honorable mention, he's going to become that T.Y. Hilton, you know, kind of guy. He's going to be looking to to take over those. But he's, again, he's not going to be a big focal point of this offense. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not high on the receiving core outside of Pittman. And then your tight end situation, you know, you got Mo Cox over there. You got Jelani Woods. They're going to be splitting. There's, there's really not much to talk about over there. They're not going to have huge fantasy numbers. It's going to be one of those situations where it's a committee tight end situation. And that's my take on the Colts. No, and, you know, I think the Colts are one of those outliers, right? I mean, like you're saying, T, they, they, the last few years they've struggled to throw the ball. Shit, they've had Philip Rivers, they've had Carson Wentz, 
and they've had Matt Ryan. So, but they're still running the ball like trucks. Why do you think that is, guys? It's not just Jonathan Taylor. It's Quentin Nelson. That's a reason why they can do this thing is their offensive line is ridiculous. Yep. Guys know all they're going to do is run the fucking ball and they still run it down their throat, dude. It's crazy. So, yeah, I think they're sort of run proof. It's one of the teams that was built from the inside out. But I think, you know, like a guy you didn't mention, and I like him there because he takes the top off the defense. And and to me, it sort of opens up the aspects. Okay, here's, here's a question to both you guys. And you guys both answer this question. Both of these guys are standing there with their toe on the goal line. Who can throw the ball further? Phillip Rivers or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. Obviously. So Maddie can still get it out there a little bit. So I don't think they want to chuck the ball deep anyway. And I like the, the, the kid Pierce. I like him and he'll be the underneath Hunter Renfro kind of tough yards guy. You got Paris Campbell coming back who looks good off his injury. He'll take the top off and Pittman's a beast. So I think they could be decent in the passing game. I, I think you're right T though. I think it's going to be tough fantasy wise for these guys. But they just equal all that into wins, and they throw when they have to, man. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's a tough running. Other than running, it's tough to pick exactly. a fantasy guy. You know, I don't know what you think, Bob. Exactly. I, I think that we should mention Naheem Hines. I mean, this guy's a team captain. He's been held out of the preseason as well. And I think uh, you know, I spoke to T about this. Teams have looked at the Debo Samuels, the Correll Pattersons, and you know, you want to get your playmakers the ball, regardless. And you want to be kind of like how the NBA NBA has gone with positionless basketball. Some of these guys are just great football players. Naheem Hines is a great football player. You just want to get him the ball where you can. So I expect him to be at times that third wide receiver, start off in the backfield, flank him out, things like that. Don't sleep on Naheem Hines. I think it's a guy who definitely should be rostered, not just as Jonathan Taylor's handcuff, but as someone that's going to be a, vo- a focal point of this offense as well. You know, and I was thinking that last year, Bombo, once Jonathan Taylor took over and they committed to giving that guy so many touches, I, I, great points. I agree. Everything you say, I was so high on Naeem Mines the last couple of years and they actually paid him last year. They paid him big money. So my thought is always right. Guys follow the money. He didn't get shit last year and it was just so disappointing again. And you see his ranking this year and you're right. Integrate this guy more out in the slot. Do a two running back set and, and have this guy run, you know, the little loop out there and whatever, get him the ball. But I just didn't see it last year. And I think that almost hurts his fantasy value because he's one of those guys, he's a team player, Bombo. He's the captain. So he, he's going to buy in and accept any role they give him. And he's yeah. going to be that yeah. guy. He's, he's so I, I, to your, oh, both of you guys' points. But I don't see them scheming to put him in the offense, you know, to, to Bombo's point, like, you know, you know, like just I just don't see that kind of like trickery or or little, little you know, kind of kind of special plays. Well, it's not just, trickery to you, you know, that. it's just it's a mismatch. Yeah, but I just don't see them, you know, and put and, and, and I think Bombo's point was getting your best players on the, you know, and I think I like their head coach, I but I just didn't see that last year. I don't year. think it's and it's not necessarily works. trickery. You know, I think a lot of these teams now with, you know, two really good running backs are going to do that. A la Jacksonville, you know, New York Jets with Brees Hall. They're going to get these guys out in space. Saquon Barkley. They don't want them running in a whole bunch of mess. How they get hurt. You know, so I think Bombo had some good points with him too. But yeah, it's a tough team other than Jonathan Taylor to take anybody. 
And it sucks because they're going to win 12 or 13 games. So they got players. But what do you do fantasy wise there, right? Right. Great job. Great job, T. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and jump back in again. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Tennessee Titans. Number the Titans, bro. Because that's all you can do now. Right. Is we have to sit here and basically remember what they were. They made the AFC Championship game a couple years ago. And I think, I'm not sure, I think it was T who made the point. You know, these teams, they lose all these things. What do they put back in them? You know, and I just started seeing their backup guys. Like last year, okay, Derrick Henry went down, and Derrick Henry's Frankenstein. He doesn't go down. He's just a beast. Keeps coming at you. You know what I mean? Like, he's a machine. So it's like, okay, man. Last year, Dante Foreman basically carried that team when he was out. And they let him walk. He's in Carolina. I, I don't fucking get it, but okay, man, whatever. So now all your eggs are in that basket because basically you drafted Hassan Haskins out of Michigan. I heard he can't pick up a blitz for shit. You know, behind Derrick Henry is Dontrell Hilliard. Okay, man, really, guys? Here we go again with a mess. Your receiving core. You let A.J. Brown go. He was solid, solid guy. We don't want to pay him. Okay, we'll bring over Robert Woods. They got Robert Woods, and they drafted the kid out of Arkansas. Big body, big fast kid with decent hands, Traylon Burks. Really? This kid, he's struggling in the preseason. He's struggling in camp. He's not doing well. I don't know what they're going to be other than run the ball with Derrick Henry. And I don't think they're physical enough up front anymore. And I think their line is getting a little bit older. So I don't know if they can be like the Indy you know, kind of team. They want those shitty games so that they, that's, that's really what the, the coach had always preached is, you know, if we're in those crappy ass games where you don't know who can win at the end, that's our kind of game, you know? And I just don't see that as for longevity. I think one of the things that I want to talk about going forward with them, because I mean, basically they got Austin Hooper at tight end and their only other receiver is Nick Westbrook Aquina. Right, they got really nothing else there, nothing else viable other than Derrick Henry. But I'm going to be the first one to go out here, guys, and I'm going to jump on the Malik Willis hype train. This is the kid they drafted out of Liberty, the quarterback that they drafted, and he has looked every bit of it in the preseason to me. And I do not know why they aren't even going to consider playing him. And I get it. You know, Tannehill's a proven guy. He understands the offense, understands defenses, gets all that. This kid's going to give him an electric spark if he gets in there. So I hope at least they integrate a package for him because this kid is electric. And I think it's, it's going to be contagious there if they put him in the game. And to me, I just think that's the better option for them at quarterback because you get what you get with Tannehill. Tannehill's a scrambler. He runs around. He does certain things, but he's not really accurate, and he doesn't throw the deep ball really well. He can get it out there, but it's just like, ah, he always makes that one throw where you're like, really, bro? So, again, to me, the only thing here really right now at this point is maybe you take a flyer on the rookie receiver. I don't think Robert Woods is going to get the volume. It's the Derrick Henry show there, boys. That's really what I'm going to close up with. 
Hey, King, do you really think, though, that Derrick Henry can stay healthy? I mean, last year was the first year that he kind of did get hurt. But uh, there's a lot of fantasy owners right now that are kind of iffy on the guy. Well, I think it goes back to that foot injury we were talking about. He had a broken bone in his foot and basically could have played through it. But what he couldn't get was he couldn't push off on that foot. So that's why they decided to shut him down and have the surgery. So... (sighs) That area of his foot is not going to be a problem anymore. Once they fix fix it surgically, it's probably better than it was. So it just depends on everything else. And to be honest, I think this guy's like he's one of those outliers. He is just huge. He's he doesn't get really nicked up, and that's really crazy. Just thinking of the pounding he well, takes, but he's built he, like a Mack truck. He doesn't shy away from the guy's contact. A truck. Well, I get it. I get it, but at some point, the, and everyone in the NFL, I'm just speaking of history because I've watched the NFL twice as long as both you guys, just because of my age. But I'm just saying that it always catches up to these guys like a suitcase. You know, they carry it with them. They carry it with them, all like AP. And I think AP was the last guy like that, where he just, like, his body was just ridiculous. And I heard AP wants to still play. So... I think I don't know if Derrick Henry's going to last that long and be that efficient because he's a little bit bigger. But man, I, I mean, dude, this guy's been doing this since Pop Warner. You know, his high school game. I saw a high school game. I was watching a clip or something. His highlight reel had like seven or eight touchdowns in a high school game. I was watching that shit. This guy was like twice as big as everybody else back then. He's not that that much bigger now. He's still bigger than any running back. But I don't know if he can take it, man. I yeah. just don't know. Yeah, it's a funny you bring up AP because that's what I what I look at Derrick Henry. That's what I'm looking at when you you know let me know the surgery, the injury he had, him coming back is so fast. I think it's a testament to this guy has zero off season. I mean, if you follow him on social media, this guy has workouts. This guy's running hills. This guy's doing sprints. This guy has no days off. Similar to AP, I think he's there's just some people who are just blessed with a body that can just overcome a lot. I think he has a lot of good years left in him at being an elite back, and then from there, serviceable. He could easily go as long as AP, in my opinion. And you you hit it right on the head. I mean, the rookie receiver has played all the way up into fourth quarter on his last preseason game and was getting deed up by scrubs. Robert Woods coming off of a horrible knee injury. It may just be the Austin Hooper show as long as Tannehill is behind center. Those are the, from what I've heard, they have been working on their chemistry a lot. But you're right, Malik Willis. If you look at this league, you know, this is similar to what Baltimore wanted to do before Lamar got there. And then when Lamar got there, it just revolutionized the offense. It's what it's what Cleveland wants to do with Deshaun Watson. You know, add that extra running element to an already stacked backfield. And then you could have your question marks at receiver. Cause honestly, if you can get you can get open running with your quarterbacks running around for seven seconds. So uh, absolutely. It's yeah. the off schedule stuff, you know, and that's really what the difference is in the NFL. No, great points, guys, you know, and you know, I think this division, again, is another one of those intriguing divisions, man. You know, it's, it's, there's teams ready to take that step. You know, where do you draft those guys? You know, and it's like we said, you know, in the last shows, Bumble, you always want to be the first guy to grab that dude, you know, and I got the next guy. So it's like, really, who's going to go out there and take the Etienne's and take those guys who are probably going to be drafted pretty high according to their ADP, you know, and. It's it's weird. And, you know, I, I just I, I don't know, man. I just I think I think of a lot of things going on in this division. I think people don't look at all the things going on in this division, you know, so it, it's just it's one of those really weird divisions to gauge in fantasy. 
you know, so buyer beware in this division. So what we're going to do, right, is we're just going to keep the ball rolling with the the list that we had. And we're going to start it off with Bombo now. And Bombo is going to give us his, you know, his top guy at quarterback in this division. Then T will go behind him. I'll go third. Go for it, Bombo. You know, I don't want to leave you guys with too many scraps, but I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence. It's just this guy has all the goods. The number one thing I believe that that was holding Trevor Lawrence back was he had a joke for a coach. That organization had a joke for a coach. I spoke to T about this. It's hard to imagine that, you know, a team like the Raiders is still within the same calendar year of getting rid of John Gruden and look at how much that's turned around. That should be the template. Get rid of the toxic element in your franchise and let your guys ball out. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to ball out because they eliminated that toxic element in the franchise. Plus they surrounded him with weapons. He's got the arm talent and the kid can move. I mean, pe- people forget about it. But if you go back and watch those Clemson, you know, that Clemson footage, he was running for touchdowns. And they were drawing up plays for him. I got Trevor Lawrence as being the number one fantasy quarterback in this division. I like me some Trevor Lawrence, man. Solid pick. Who do you got, T? Well, after that, it's all scraps. What is what is Bombo talking about, man? This division's weak. <laughs> but uh, I, I got to take Tannehill at this point, right? I don't think – I think he's going to be on a short leash this year. But fantasy-wise, you know, he does put up those fantasy numbers. And he has consistently since he's been in Tennessee. And, and you know, once he kind of – took over and filled in that starter role for Mariota. He, he didn't, he didn't release it and he's put up some decent fantasy numbers every year. So I, even though he's got a short leash this year, it's gotta be Tannehill. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, the, the nutless pick, you know what I mean? But Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. I don't, didn't hear any of you guys talking to Maddie eyes. I guess you guys both don't like him, but I, I'm going to take the kid, man. I think the best quarterback in the division, Malik Willis. I really do. Once he gets on the field, I think he's going to be a fucking pretty good player. I liked him coming out of Liberty. The kid can actually throw the ball 75 no, he's yards. An, he's got an arm. He's got a rocket yeah, for, for an sure. arm, man. You know, and he's pretty accurate, too. Mm-hmm. And he's a hard worker. They just said his work ethic's amazing. It's just going to be a matter of time until he gets on the field. You know, so that's who I like. And then I figured well, what you guys left me, you know, I didn't have much. So I had to throw that so out So then there. you're saying you're not all right, man. Matty Ice then either because you didn't take a well, okay, for what they do, right, is, is like I said, right, look at their last two quarterbacks, Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz. And both those guys either either got him to the playoffs or just barely missed him. So he's I, I think Matt Ryan's, a, he's a, yeah, he's an upgrade. I, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, I think he's an upgrade on both those guys. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know if they can win a Super Bowl with that. Oh, dude. hell no. I think it's going to be hard, especially in the AFC, dog. I'm just saying that. It's, I'm, yeah, anyway, exactly. You know what I mean? Say. But let's keep it rolling, man. All right, T, you're going to go first. I'm going to go second. Bombo, you're going to bring up the rear here on running backs. Okay, you go ahead and lead us off, T. Damn, guys, that goes without saying. Jonathan Taylor, he's the class, not of just this division, but of the NFL, right? He's the number one running back. So it's an easy one. Yeah, no, I think that was a pretty easy slam dunk, man. That's sort of why I threw it at you. I didn't want you to stress out for the whole show. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, but all right, man, I'm going to pick my guy. A little intriguing pick here. And you know me, Tia, like going on a limb, Bombo, you're going to learn me. I'm going to go Travis Etienne. You know, I think that he's got a really huge upside. I really liked what I saw with him, you know, when he was playing in Clemson. So I think he's been in big games. I don't think the NFL spotlight's going to be too big for him. He'll just quick. Travis Etienne. Well, if I have to choose a guy, I'm going to go Derek Henry. So he's coming off the injury. Yes. 
but the guy's a beast, you know, spoke about his work ethic. The thing with Derrick Henry is the league now is on notice and no one wants to be a part of Derrick Henry's stiff arm highlight reel. So people are going to, you would think that they're going to try to go harder on them. I think it's the opposite. I think that guys are so don't want to be on that, that highlight reel that you're going to see these defensive backs not try to lay the hat on him. And it's just going to lead to more yard, just more yards per carry. I think he's going to, he has a big chip on his shoulder. He wants to be, he wants to be the best back in the NFL. He had to sit back last year and see Jonathan Taylor pretty much take that crown from him. But King Henry's coming back for it. Ooh, like and, and and right, it just it's a matter of it's a matter of carries for him because he doesn't really catch the ball, right? And that's the only knock I got on that guy. And and the reality is, is I just I I agree with Bombo's take a hundred percent. and it's a great point with the stiff arm reel. No one wants to be on that shit. You know what I mean? Especially when he's planting you on your ass and fucking running for eighty more. The other problem was is the reason guys were getting on that reel. It's because no one wanted to go low on him because he would just run him over. He's fucking knees, assholes, and elbows. That's yeah. all they saw, dude. Well, you know what I mean? Like so trees. now I think they're even going to jump harder at his legs. And, and I'm I'm concerned with him this year. I, coming off that injury, nothing else on that offense. I'm concerned again with him. You know, I just, they, they have to start taking care of these guys for their longevity. You know, and I think that's the problem, right? You know, is that, their longevity there and what they do and everything else, it's all predicated on really the system and what they're doing. And if that system just starts leaning on too much, it just shortens everything they do. So we're going to go and go into the wide receiver position. Now I'm going to go first. Bombo's going to go second. T you're bringing up the rear. All right. There's a lot, there's, there's some receivers here, T right. So, I mean, don't get, don't, I don't want you to get worried. Okay. There's going to be some good meat for oh, you geez, at the end. Because you know me, dude. I'm going to go out and throw my coconuts. <laughs> I'm going Christian Kirk as my number one receiver in this division. I think with the money, I think with the system, I think they're going to feature him. The only game he played in the preseason, I want to say he had like six catches for 70 yards or some in the first half. That's the first fucking half. The first fucking game he played. All right, that's enough, boy. You don't need to play no more. They didn't play him in the last game. They didn't play him no more. They know what they got in him. Christian Kirk, my number one receiver in this division. All right. I'm going to go Michael Pittman. He has the NFL pedigree, you know, his dad. And, you know, he, I think one of Keyshawn Johnson's his godfather or something like that. He's a gamer. He's been bred to be an NFL player. Last year he showed it. They threw him in the fire. He, I watched his maturation throughout the season as he was able to get open against pro press coverage and then find the spots in that zone. And that was with the, you know, the deficiencies at quarterback with Carson Wentz kind of not really helping him out there to win some really questionable passes. I think he has a more solid quarterback this time who actually knows where to put the ball where only he can catch it. And he has a great catch radius. I got Michael Pittman as the best receiver fantasy wise for this division. Yeah. And I think that's a solid pick too. All right, T, you're up. Who do you got? Uh, you know what? I'm. I think I'm going to take a chapter from what you did a couple episodes ago, and I'm going to go hybrid. I'm going to combine two guys. I'm going to combine Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. So I'm going to go with Robin. Well, remember, you're not picking. I know a list, that, but I'm. I've, so you I'm have to. Own, you're picking your best guy left because they're the same guys. To be honest with you, because they both got guys that we have question marks thrown to them, but I. I mean, honestly, I think Robert Woods is going to be the, the, you know, the guy right in that pick, but only because of the fact that, you know, Tannehill's kind of a 
at this point, a more proven quarterback. He's going to a little bit more consistent, right? So the kid over there in the Texans, I, I still think he has some growing to go. But Robert Woods, for me, is going to be that number three. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to need another year to come off that injury. I think Bombo made a really good point. And plus, they just don't throw the ball there. I just I think it's just going to be tough offensively for them. And it's like I said, what's on the other side? You know, Bombo made a good point in the fourth quarter. This kid's playing and he's getting beat up by third stringers. You know, they're running him out of bounds and shit. So he has a lot of growth. He needs yeah. some growth. And it's going to be hard for Robert Woods this year. I, I love Brandon Cooks. I think like Bombo said, he's quarterback proof. He's everything proof. Every fucking year, he's a thousand yard receiver and gets his touchdown. All right, guys, let's chime in on some tight ends. We got Evan Ingram. Mo Alley Cox. Who else we got in this division? Austin Hooper. Again, I said we have Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> Austin Hooper is so disappointing, dude. Every year, even like a couple years ago, this dude was so hyped. I was on the hype train, guys. I was on the Hooper hype train. This guy stinks, man. He is like two yards in a cloud of fucking dust every time, dude. It might be a, I mean, addition I, by subtraction with him, though, right? Because there's, you know, Robert Woods. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's about a year <laughs> off or at least tail end of the season from being really, really back in game shape. The way that we're used to seeing right, Robert and Woods. I think so, too. I think that's a good point, Bombo. I think he's going to hit his stride like maybe like second half of the year. But by that point, I think it's going to be so dead into it it's just like you know what i mean what can he pull out but really i mean because right what's he going to get in the eight games a couple hundred yard games and maybe three or four touchdowns and that's solid because if you extrapolate it like that word guys a big word if you extrapolate you. it for the whole season he would have ended up with you know maybe you know 900 to 1100 with maybe seven to nine touchdowns and that's a decent decent year but i just don't see him doing that the first you know, part of the year, he might get some easy touchdowns or might get some touchdowns, but I think it's, it's going like to be tough said, for him. Though. I mean, the tight end but. position in itself, just throughout the whole NFL, not, not even just by division is just so, so watered down and so difficult because you only have a handful of top tier guys and then everybody else is just the same. Well, the reality is right. There's really big athletic guys out there at the position. It's just the teams don't Correct. utilize them. Yeah, you're right. You know, and we talked about a couple, you know, I, Okay, here's a great one for you. Noah Fant. Look at that guy. Look what he was coming out of college. What has he done? Right. I don't even know if he's really even had no, a but monster to your game. Point, first, I think it first was, round pick. Yeah, but I think it was a situation. Yeah. Look at he was in Denver. You had a defensive minded head coach. You know, you you I just said yeah, that's my that's whole exactly point is really saying. what You're is right. the team looking to do with him. So you have multiple guys that have this skill set. It's just they're not getting the opportunities. Look what what the situation is. Because the the offense isn't built for that tight end position. You know, it doesn't feature that. The coach doesn't really, it's it's an outlet. And when you're an outlet, a fourth option on every play, dog, that sucks. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. You know, it's not like Kansas City where Travis Kelsey is the number one option on 40% of the plays. You know what I mean? So I, I get it, you know, but. Yeah, no. I like the Evan Ingram thing. I like Evan Ingram though. If his if his head's I do in like it, Evan Ingram. If his head's in it and he's committed to full change. And I think that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. If he's into this and he's bought into this and he's playing like he was and hungry like he was the first couple seasons he was in the league. Yeah. Last year he sucked ass. So yeah, you're right. And we gotta see. But I think that's the guy to take the flyer on to me. You know, but 
All right, man. So now what we're going to do in this division is we're going to name our MVPs and our busts. All right. So I'm going to let each one of you guys start this off. I'll go second on the first one and last on the the next one. So we're going to do MVP first. Bombo, you're up with your MVP. Well, like we can definitely choose both running backs. You know, you have Jonathan Taylor and you have King Henry, but I'm going to say the fantasy MVP, the discount, the, the, the bargain you're going to get is going to come from Trevor Lawrence. I think this is a guy that is not going to be getting drafted really high and the quarterback position is deep and he's just going to be on the field, whether they, I think they're going to put up points. They may not win a lot of games, but they are going to put up points. He's going to be in there in garbage time. And I think it's just a great value pick, especially if you can get him far later rounds and you load up in every other position, I think Trevor Lawrence could possibly win you your league. Man, dude, if I was over there, I'd be blowing you. That's exactly what I was thinking. I love that pick. I love what Trevor Lawrence brings. I love the new coach. I love the weapons. I just think this guy is so set up this year. I I, I was hoping he was going to be there at three, so it was something easy for me to talk about. All right, T, you're up. Uh, well, then Who's I'm just going to have to go with the obvious is Jonathan Taylor because I, I agreed exactly with what Bombo was saying about Trevor Lawrence. But Jonathan Taylor, without a doubt, he's the best running back in the division, best running back in the league. So that one's an easy one. You know, I think the thing that, too, and we didn't talk about it much when we talked about Jonathan Taylor, but one of the things that made his value so high in these leagues was his long touchdown runs last big year. Big time. And I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate that because some of that's a little bit of luck and the way that the defense is playing against him. So I think that they know that they want to prevent that long run from him. They might just keep somebody back now, and you know what I mean, kind of thing. So it's. I don't know if he's going to get those. So I think there'd be a little regression there. But again, solid pick leaves me with the number three pick, who I thought I would be able to talk about. My boy Trevor Lawrence, Bombo, thanks. But I'll go ahead and go by King Henry by default. You know, again, I think King Henry. To me, I think it's just it's it's a tough position in that league, the toughest position in the league. So, I mean, I can see regression. I can see the wear and tear working on him. But I think the biggest thing to me is what in the fuck the team's doing. Because I really don't have a clue what their team's doing. They're not building themselves up for the future. They didn't draft well. They're not replacing their linemen. Their linemen are getting hurt all year. It's it's a tough spot. Their defense isn't that good. It's just an opportunistic defense, I believe. So I think it's going to be tough for him, but he's going to be my MVP. All right. So we all gave our takes about our MVPs. Now it's time to go into our busts. All right. Sweet T, you are up. Bomba will be next. T. Your bust bust of the division is going to be Tannehill because I think, like I said earlier, you know, I think the guy's on a very short leash. And to be honest with you, I really think that he's going to get the old heave ho during the season. Probably if they struggle early, I really think the guy's going to be gone by game six and, you know, they're going to give it to the rook. So he's my biggest bust. Good pick. All right. Bombo, you're up. My bus is someone that I spoke very highly of earlier in the episode, and that is Brandon Cooks. Hear me out. I believe that everybody on that team is auditioning right now. And one thing about Brandon Cooks is his name is always floated around trades. 
every time they're talking about the Texans making a move to get some assets to get younger, they're always talking about moving Brandon Cooks. And I think they're going to try to see what they have in Nico Collins. When Michi gets back, they're going to want to, you know, eventually, hopefully when he comes back, if he comes back, they're going to want to integrate him into the offense. I just think Brandon Cooks might be on his last legs with this franchise. Hopefully he can get out and go to a contender to end his career. I just don't think for where he's getting drafted that you're going to get that same value that you've been getting from him for the past couple of years. Yeah, and I know I think that's a great point. I think I don't think the quarterback hurts him there. I think it's more the the opportunity for him to get drafted. And I think the reason why he gets drafted on all these teams is because he's an asset. You know, people need a, a receiver, a solid receiver that's going to take the top off the defense. And he can do that anywhere he goes. So I think he does have value. I just I mean, if he sticks around, it's going to make Nico Collins better. So yeah, again, you know, I think they're just they're hanging on for next year. There's a whole bunch of quarterbacks. I hope they're hoping they get one of these franchise young quarterbacks and they can start moving forward. So I'm going to throw my bust out there, guys. And I know I'm going to hear it, but here it goes. My bust this year is going to be Derrick Henry. And it's not so much going to be what Derrick Henry is going to be and what he is. It's the team. I think the better the team is, the better Derrick Henry is just because he's a running back. And I think that the team has declined so much on both sides of the ball and they don't have anything exciting at quarterback. Like T mentioned, they have, don't have anything at receiver like Bombo mentioned. And I mean, I just, I'm, I'm almost feeling bad for the guy a little bit. I can't cause the guy gets paid millions of dollars and he doesn't give a shit about me. I understand that. But my biggest regression in my bust this year is going to be Derrick Henry. All right, so go ahead and chime in, guys. What do you think about that? What do you think about our bus? What do you think about, you know, what's going on here? So I agree with you on on Derrick Henry, but there's one slight twist to that. If they put Malik Willis in, I think he balls out. And yes. Derrick Henry will and, ball and out. And I agree. Percent. That's the only thing. But I, I think there's still, I don't, I don't think they want to kill him. You know, so I don't see him even being able to make a move unless it's injury, like before mid-year. Yeah. Because I think they still want him to learn. Mm-hmm. They don't want him to get frustrated and crush him. You know, they're not in that position. Tannehill's serviceable. You know, I mean, he's a J- Jimmy G level. You know what I mean? Kind of guy. He made it to the AFC Championship game one step away one year. So, yeah, he, I mean, I don't think they want to rush him too much. But you're right. And once that, that kid gets in there, things are going to change up because defenses are going to have to start looking at him a lot more, yep. too. And that's the whole point, right? Bombo is... Defense has got nothing else to look at right, right. now. What do they got to right. worry about? Yep. They're going to put me on their fucking best receiver. You know what I mean? So, you know, so, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think this division again, you know, like just like football this year, we talked about that in the first show T and I know you listened to it, Bombo, but it, this whole year is intriguing with all these changes and movements and free agency at its heightened level. You know, all these new rookies coming in that get integrated so fast. You know, it's like we talked in one of the shows last week. Bomba was, you know, the golden rule in fantasy used to be don't draft a rookie receiver. They just don't get the looks and they never did. But it's changing now because they're drafting these receivers now in the first round. It's running back. That's the hard position. because You just got to find one. You know, so I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen here, you know, but I do want to say too, man, just that. In this division, too, I think one of the things that everyone's got to keep an eye on is that kid, that running back in Houston. And I think Bombo made some good points about him, Damian Pierce. You know, I think he could be potentially, you know, something really good. 
So is there anything else you guys want to throw in before we sign out? I mean, I know we didn't, not too many of us gave Matt Ryan a lot of love, but he's one of those guys that if if we fast forward to the end of the season, you let me know that Matt Ryan led all statistical categories in this division for fantasy purposes, I wouldn't be surprised. And I agree. I agree with that too, you know, and I think that Andy's the best team. You know, I just, I mean, guys, like we said, if they made the playoffs of Phil Rivers and were one step away with Carson Wentz, I think they're upgrading with Matt Ryan a little bit, even though he's at the ass end of his career. He's still got a little juice, man. And he's fired up and he's a leader. So great takes, guys. Great show. We're going to get going, man, because you know what, man? We got to get ready for the next show. Folks, keep listening. All right, we're going to get right back at you with another divisional fantasy breakdown. This is the Fantasy Island crew. We are out. <laughs>